0: Hello, I'm Eleanor Warner, an online health and fitness coach, making it easier for women like you to sift through the good, the bad, and the bullshit that you're seeing online. I've spent years coaching hundreds of women to their best physique without sacrificing their social life, their favorite foods, or their mental health. Prepare yourself for a new way of thinking, because if you're here, I know you're looking for answers. Welcome to the Coach by Elle podcast. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the coach by podcast. So we are just going to pick up straight where we left off last week, right? Straight at point number seven. So if you missed last week's episode, this is a part two. So the first six lessons that I learned, one, you'll never work a day in your life. If you love what you do is false. Two, hard work is underrated. Three, a lot of people are super comfortable in their web of excuses. Four, hormones do impact our weight loss, but our lifestyle impacts it more five people will laugh at you at first but give it a while and they'll ask you how you did it and then number six you are on your own timeline nobody else's so that's a really quick recap if you want to hear more about that go back to the last episode to listen to that but for now we're going to pick up straight where we left off and jump straight into number seven so number seven this lesson is something that i learned this year Uh, I would say probably February, March. And it is the feeling of not doing enough often stems from not doing enough. This is something that I would never let myself believe, right? Because I was probably going back to point three in my web of excuses. I would kind of look at other people who were doing really well and be like, oh, why aren't I doing that? Oh, I wish I was doing better. And then I'd kind of I don't know, love bomb myself, I guess, in a way and be like, it's okay. Like stop comparing yourself to other people. Like they have, they have that because of this, or they have that because of this, you know, like you're doing enough, you're doing fine. Right. But that actually wasn't true. Okay. The, the guilt and that feeling of like, Oh, like I should be doing more. Like for me, for other people, this might be different. For me, this stems from me not doing enough. This stems from me knowing that I'm not reaching my full potential. This stems from me not working as hard as I know I can or not doing the things I know I'm fucking capable of, right? So this might sound blunt, but it's like I said, it's it's something that I really realized this year. But there was inklings and hints of it very at the very beginning of my business. I would just feel so down about how I should be doing more. And then I would just try to convince myself that I was just bullying myself. But it's not true. I wasn't doing enough and I knew it. I knew that I was capable of so much more than what I was currently doing. And I have to check myself on this so many times. If I ever get to the point where I'm feeling guilty and I'm feeling like I can't do it and I'm feeling like, I'm never going to make it or I'm never going to be able to keep up with this. It's because I'm not honoring myself and I'm not working as hard as I fucking should be. Like, that's exactly what it is for me. I know that if I was to say, lay in bed all day and not do anything, not do any work, whether or not I had client work or not, my clients are something I never neglect my clients, but there's future work, like recording podcasts, something I'm sometimes I'm like, oh, I really don't want to do that or planning out content. I'm like, oh, I really don't want to do that or planning maybe a new service I'm like oh do I have to you know like doing these things and if I was to ignore all of those responsibilities and just lay lay in bed all day I would feel so guilty like so enormously guilty like I am never gonna make it I'm not doing enough I'm not good enough for this like this is never gonna work when it's not true but me not doing enough, that part is true. I am good enough, but I'm never going to realize that potential if I don't start fucking doing the work to get there, you know? So this always comes with a bit of a reality check for myself. I really like to audit my weeks. This is something that I learned uh, earlier on this year, I was auditing my weeks. So using the app Toggle, This is where you kind of, T-O-G-G-L, this is kind of where you track your time. And I started doing this in my business. And this was like months and months and months ago. I realized that I was working an average of like three hours a day, really. Like I was sitting in my office for ages, like eight hours, but the actual work was like three hours, three and a half hours. And when I looked at that, I was like, oh my goodness, that's where it is. It was like a light bulb moment. Like I would sit in here, And it's kind of like when people go to the gym and they think because they went to the gym that they ticked the box, even though in the gym, they're probably not doing the exercises that they should be, or they're not training with as much intensity as they should be. That's kind of the parallel that I drew. I was like, wow, I'm sitting in here in my office working, quote unquote, working all day, but I've only actually got like three and a half hours of work done. Like that's insane. And I did this with my check-ins a couple of weeks ago. I timed them. And I was like, all right, let's see how fast we can get them done. Because check-in days for me are like big days, like 10 hour days, 12 hour days. Sometimes I've also got calls going on as well and that sort of thing. And normally they're just really big days. They start early. I finish late. I normally finish around seven ish, 7.30. And the funny thing about that is a couple of weeks ago, I decided to audit it. And I was like, let's see, I'm going to time. I'm going to start and stop. Every time I'm doing my check-ins, I'm going to stop as soon as I pick up my phone, as soon as I start looking at a wall, as soon as I scroll on TikTok, as soon as I, you know, start fumbling through my drawers, like reorganizing, as soon as, like, as soon as I'm not working, I'm going to press stop. And I did that. My check-ins ended up taking me like three and a half hours and I was done by 12 PM just because I was timing myself. So That was like a punch in the face. I was like, holy shit. I am spending 10 hours, sometimes 12 hours doing something that I just got done in three and a half. That's wild. That is why I have that feeling of guilt because deep down, I know it. Deep down, I know that I wasted my time that day. I know that I scrolled through TikTok for too long or I know that I was staring at that wall or doing something else that wasn't of any benefit but until I forced myself to look at it I really had no idea so for some people this is different like there there does come a point where it's extreme like if you are like bullying yourself and you're like you're hopeless you're never gonna make it you're not good enough no matter what you do but you are working really hard then that's a whole other topic of conversation that is not what I'm talking about here I'm just talking about that that kind of gut feeling that we have where we're like oh, I'm I'm not capable of this or oh, I'm just not doing enough, right? And I just want you to realize why. For me, I realized... I I am capable, but not if I keep acting like this. Absolutely not. I know I have it in me to work my ass off and to do really, really well with what I'm doing, but not if I keep half-assing it like this. Not if I keep wasting my time. Not if I keep being inefficient. Like, absolutely not. I have goals that I will not reach if I keep doing the things that I'm doing, okay? So that feeling of not being good enough or not doing enough, more specifically, not doing enough often stems from not doing enough. Absolutely. And this is the same for like, if we think about looking in the mirror, right? So if you are somebody, say you spend the week You hit your macros every single day, right? You get your five serves of veg, you get your two serves of fruit, you drink all the water you're supposed to drink. You get your steps in, you do your four workouts in the week. You've literally ticked every single box. You're going to look in the mirror and be like, yeah, I look pretty good. I can see that. Like, I I can see that that's, that's what I did this week, right? Now you might look the exact same one week later, but if you spend that next week laying around in bed all day not drinking any water, having no fruits, no vegetables, not working out, not going for a walk, not doing any of the things that you're supposed to do. You could actually physically and objectively look the exact same, but you're going to look in the mirror and be like, oh, I look terrible. I look like shit. I look horrible. And it's because of that confidence, right? Like the confidence that we have in ourselves often stems from the things that we are doing to benefit our life. Like if you're not doing the things that you know make you feel good, or if you're not doing the things that you know you should do to improve your life, then you're not gonna feel very good about yourself. Like that's just the fact of the matter, that is. Like it's just one of those things where confidence is built through proving to yourself that you can and building a portfolio of doing the things right building that evidence showing up for yourself respecting yourself and it comes across in all aspects but yeah especially this one so the feeling i'm not doing enough often stems from not doing enough that's number seven Number eight, social media is a highlight reel. This is something that we hear all the time, but I want you to really, really understand it because even the lows, right? Quote unquote lows that people share are done in a way to still benefit them, to still kind of make them look good, right? To maybe boost their engagement or to paint them in this, wonderful oh you're so real babe like that light that people want to do no one willingly paints a bad picture for themselves on social media this is something I realized just a couple of weeks ago when I uploaded a reel right and I was crying I was hysterically crying ugly crying like really ugly crying it wasn't a couple of cute little tears that ran down my face this was after I recorded a podcast and I always record my podcast as in like you know, record the audio here, obviously, but I also film them on my phone because sometimes I'll do like screen grabs of that and, you know, post it as a reel or post it on my story or whatever it is that I'm doing. So I always film it. Now... After I finished filming this one, I had a complete meltdown. Like I had a complete breakdown. I was bawling my eyes out. And I remember going back and forth about posting this. And I was like, should I fucking post this? Like, this is terrible. This is so ugly. Like, this is the worst crying. Like, I just looked like absolute shit. My hair was up in this disgusting bun. I was wearing clothes that make me feel like shit. Like, You know how we all have clothes that we wear when we're having a bad day? I was wearing mine. So I know just looking at that video that I was not feeling good in that moment. And I just thought, fuck it, I'm gonna post it because it shows exactly how I was feel- feeling when I recorded this or when I was talking about this. And that's when I realized because I was kind of like, so many people post videos of them crying all the time. Like, it's no big deal, it's no big deal. But then I realized that they did it in a positive way. Like, you know, when people. Post photos of them and they're like hunched over and you can see like their belly rolls and you you think that they're uploading that to show that everyone's normal. Like they might be doing that, but a lot of the time that they're uploading it to just be like, Hey, look at me. Like I'm trying to be real or I'm trying to be relatable so that I can get lots of engagement and lots of comments and whatever. So that's something that I realized a couple of weeks ago. So it's important to note that even when people are sharing their Lows on social media, it's still in the way that they want to share it. All right. It's not unfiltered. It's not something that they haven't looked at 10, 20, 30 times over. It's not something that's not giving them any benefit. So I just want you to keep that in mind when you are feeling low or when you are feeling like, God damn, I am just not having a good time here. Just remember that. All right. Just, just remember that we all have access to everyone's highlight reels and even their really polished lows. And I say lows with, air quotes. <laughs> so, all right. So number nine, we have access to more information than ever before. This is something, when did I realize this? When did I realize this? Maybe a year ago. It was actually longer than a year ago now, because it was before I started Coach by L. And I just remember like this light bulb went off in my head and I was like, oh my goodness, technology these days, you know, like 10, 20 years ago, if you wanted to learn about nutrition. You had to go to university and study dietetics, you know, like if you wanted to learn about exercises and, you know, how to write a training program, you had to go and study to be a personal trainer. But now we have people with PhDs in their respective fields, sharing everything that they know on podcasts, on YouTube, on TikTok, on Instagram. And we need to take advantage of that. Okay. Like, again, flashback to 15 years ago, 20 years ago, the only way to learn about something was to enroll in a degree in that area. And now we can learn infinite amounts of knowledge about infinite amounts of topics. And that is something that, we all take for granted. We all take that for granted. Like you could literally look up a podcast, some random topic, some really niche topic. Like what's something I listened to? I listened to something a couple of weeks ago about iron absorption in the body and like how, how it all works and how like how it's stored and you know that sort of thing. Right? Like I could never learn about that like 10, 15 years ago. I mean I could Google it, but and there might be some studies that I could look through, but I probably wouldn't really understand it. But now I've got someone who really, really understands it, really, really knows it, talking about it in a podcast and really explaining it and breaking it down to the point where I can understand it. Something that I would have had to pay thousands of dollars to enroll in a qualification in, I now know about and I now understand and I can pass that on to my clients. Like, are you kidding me? Like, that is just, that is like powerful, so powerful. We have access to so much knowledge and we don't don't take advantage of that. We absolutely do not take advantage of that. You have all of these bits of information at your fingertips. You can learn from so many people. So many people on social media are coaches, not just health and fitness coaches, but mindset coaches, wellbeing coaches. Uh, I saw a divorce coach the other day where, you know, this, this woman was divorced from her husband a a few years ago and just went through the lowest of all lows. And now she's coaching other women who are going through divorces on what they can do and like things to ask your lawyer and like things, ways to explain it to your children. Like, I, I was totally blown away. You can tell by the way, I can't even string my sentences together that I'm just like, oh my goodness, we just have access to so much information now. So the point of this lesson is just to take advantage of that. Go on YouTube and search up a random topic and learn about it. This is a really weird one, but one of our friends was telling me the other day, because I was talking about like, uh, we were watching a movie, Where the Mill is. Does anyone remember that movie? And it's about like drug dealers, like getting through, like, you know, going through uh, where, where they go, Mexico and getting back to America with drugs in their van. anyway it's a funny movie Jennifer Aniston she's hilarious love her but I was like how do people actually do that in real life I was like how do people actually do it and one of our friends was like oh yeah I was actually looking at this because I thought the same thing and I looked it up on YouTube and there's this guy who like you know, used to, used to, this is so bad, used to take drugs across the border and blah, blah, blah. And I went and looked at it on YouTube and I was like, oh my God, this is so interesting. And it's like just things that we would never think to know about, but everyone has their own personal experiences. And now everyone has a TikTok account or a YouTube account or an Instagram account, at least, you know, so many podcasts are out there. Like you can learn about so many different things, whether they're helpful (laughs) Like the iron one or not helpful, like the drug dealing one, you know, when am I ever going to be in Mexico taking drugs back to America? But I just was curious. But the point is, is that you can learn about literally whatever you want to learn about. And we should seriously take full advantage of that. Like, I just think that that is so amazing and so incredible. All right. Number 10, no one program or challenge is going to undo years worth of bad habits. This is, this is a hard one, right? If you're looking to do a six week challenge with the expectation that it's going to completely change your life, it won't. And this is where, you know, we go back to like web of excuses and like all of these other things. And like people only change if they want to change the thing, the thing that we have about our expectations is it's insane. We just, we see, I don't want to name drop, but you all know what I'm talking about when I say six week challenges, right? Eight week challenges, you know, the companies that I'm talking about and they're posting like before and after photos, like this was me on week one, day one, and then this is me week six, day seven, like the very end, I made all of this change. And then people sign up to that based off those progress pictures and based off those results and they want those results too. But I'm also in these community groups in face on Facebook. Um again, I'm not gonna name drop, but if you know what I'm talking about, send me a message and I'll confirm. But I'm in these community groups on Facebook and I look at the posts, and this this girl, uh, I mean, this happens all the time, but in particular, there was this this girl or this woman, I should say, and she posted her progress pictures. It was like the first day and then at the end of week two and she did this massive thing about how like this isn't gonna work like this challenge is so shit like it's been two weeks i'm not seeing progress what am i doing wrong like just was like bagging out the, the program and saying like, you know, it's misleading. It's false information. Like I'm not making any changes. And I was so shocked when I read the comments, I was expecting people to be like, you know, you've got to give it time, but people were just like me too, or I feel the same way. And this goes back again to that web of excuses and like, you're finding your people, right. Who are just encouraging you and just being like, yeah, babe, me too. It's not you. You're not the problem. It's the program. It's the problem. But like, if you have had bad habits and bad behaviors for 15 years, you can't undo that in two weeks for fuck's sake. You've got to be kidding me, right? Like it. if it took you 10 years to gain 20 kilos, if it even took you a year to gain 20 kilos, you want to undo that in six weeks? Are you kidding me? Like- no way, it's not going to happen because first things first, we need to look at the habits and behaviors that made you gain that 20 kilos in the first place, right? Like we need to start trying to undo all of that before we even try to do any of the other stuff. Like we need to, we need to look at the foundation and then we can start making the progress. But this is the thing is that our expectations, oh my goodness. And there's not going to be any program or challenge again in this same Facebook group, or even on the comments on their Instagram page, I see like, hey, like I am not looking to get bulky. I'm looking to lose like about 10 to 15 kilos. Like what program would be best for me? Or hey, like they'll see someone before and after photos and they'll comment, hey, what challenge did you do? Because I really like, I love your before and after photos. It doesn't matter what challenge someone did. You doing the same challenge isn't gonna make you look like them, okay? You have your own body, right? And it doesn't matter- what challenge, what program. That's why I hate the train like me programs. Cause it's just like, let's be real. Like, let's be honest. Train like me look like me. Like no one's ever going to look like you. Okay. You are you. So if you're looking at someone's before and after photos and asking them what their training program was, you're wasting your time. Love. You're absolutely wasting your time because you're never going to look like them. Okay. You are you, you're your, you're your own person. All right. So that is number 10, number 11 People, oh God, I'm nervous. People are so willing to spend their money on things that are feeding and fueling their insecurities, but not on something that will obliterate their insecurities. Sorry. So sorry, but it's true. I won't spend much time on this one because I have a feeling that it's going to be a bit hard to hear, but you'll spend your money on things like eyelash extensions or shapewear or getting your hair done or filler, Botox on pills or medication that might lead to weight loss, but you won't invest in a coach to work with you one-on-one to help you change your life, to actually help you lose weight. Like you'll spend a hundred dollars on a pill that might help you lose weight, but you won't spend a hundred dollars on a coach that will definitely help you lose weight. Right? Like, come on. It's like that, um, that meme, Is it a meme or is it just a quote? I don't know where it's meant to be funny. And it's like, I would do anything to lose weight except for diet and exercise. And I remember hearing that and I laughed at that at the time, but now I'm not really laughing because I'm realizing it's actually so true. Like people will truly do anything to lose weight except for dieting and exercising, except for, you know, giving up their 10 pack of Canadian clubs on a Friday night. Like we are so willing to blame literally anything that it could possibly be like our hormones or our gut health or night shift or whatever it is. We're so, we just really want to find something to blame and something to be the reason as to why we can't do something. And as a result of that, we just neglect the basics. We want to look for the best supplements or we want to look for the best protein powder or we want to look for the best, you know, HIIT workout, but we won't just eat better and move more. Like that's too basic. It's not sexy. And it's just like when, when someone signs up to a program and you get, you get the program on like day one, you get an email and it's like, Hey, welcome to the challenge or welcome to the program, your, your plans inside and you open it and you get a meal plan and you get a step protocol and you get cardio protocol and you get a training program and you get all of these supplement recommendations and everything changes all at once. And you're like, fuck yeah, this is going to be great. Like this is, this is amazing. If I do all of this in six weeks, I'm going to look so good. I'm going to lose so much weight. Right. But then you start it and you're like, damn, I have to go to the gym again tomorrow really? I have to eat this meal prep again tomorrow. I have to drink that much water again tomorrow. Like I have to, I have to repeat this. Are you serious? And then it just, it doesn't work. It doesn't happen. You're just like, Oh, well fuck. Okay. Well, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't really, I don't really know how that's going to go down. Like, is that, is that really the, the, what I have to do? Like I have to do this every single day, but if you were to sign up to a program like mine, for example, and on day one, I send you a video, talking about what we're working on this week. And I say, Hey, so, um, because you're only drinking one liter of water a day at the moment, I just want you to aim for a liter and a half. Okay. I want you to aim for a liter and a half. And because you're only doing 2000 steps a day, I want you to aim for three, right? That's what I want you to do. Oh, and also two pieces of fruit a day. That's what we're working on for week one you're going to be like, ugh, like, cause that doesn't sound sexy. That doesn't sound like a six week transformation. You're kind of like, this isn't enough. I want to do more. If I had a dollar seriously for every time someone at the start of a program said, I want to train six times per week, even though they were currently training zero times per week, I would be so rich. It's not even funny. I would have millions of dollars, probably not millions, but you know what I mean? Like it's so common because people want to change everything they want to change anything and everything but they won't just do the basics because it's not it's not a massive transformation it's not going to result in a six-week transformation but like thinking back to I don't know six months ago you could be so far right now if you started six months ago imagine where you'd be right now right but you're not because you're still looking for that six-week transformation it's just so wild to me people really 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 will do anything to lose weight except for diet and exercise. Oh my goodness. So yeah, people are so willing to spend their money on things that are feeding their insecurities, but not on something that will obliterate their insecurities. So the money that you're spending on eyelash extensions, on fake tans, on shapewear, on diets, on pills, on you know medications, like just invest in a coach, trust me. Watch your world change, it'll be great. All right. Number 12. Okay, we're getting somewhere here. Number 12. The the reason that a lot of people go nowhere with their health and fitness is because they think eating healthy and working out is a punishment and a chore. This, guys, this makes me so fucking sad, I can't even explain it. This is something that just like it it blows my mind, truly. It truly blows my mind. It's we we see diet and exercise as yeah, a punishment. It's something that we don't want to do. Like, oh, I'm starting my diet on Monday. Oh, I'm starting my diet tomorrow. So I'm going to go to KFC. I'm going to get pizza and I'm going to get Baskin and Robbins on the way home because after tomorrow my world ends and I have to go to and eat broccoli and chicken breast. Like this is the thing, right? Your body, oh, you only have one. You only have one and you should damn well want to look after it. I am so sorry, but you should. You really should want to look after your body. And a lot of people don't. We are like the only species I'd say, or the only animal who harm themselves on purpose, who deliberately cause our bodies harm. I have said this before, but my cat does not drink alcohol. Um, she also does not eat food. That's not good for her. She also doesn't smoke. Like, and you're probably listening to this, like, what the fuck? Of course she doesn't. But like, it's true, but we do, we drink, we smoke, we eat food. That's not good for us. Like we harm ourselves on purpose. That's what we do. Right. Cause it's fun. It's a good time. Okay. And this is, this is one of the biggest, biggest problems is that we need to change our mindset on eating healthy and exercising. It's not a punishment. Exercising can be hard sometimes. Your heart rate goes up, you're sweating, you're huffing and puffing. It can it can feel really hard at the time. But the thing is, as you get fitter and as you get better at it, it becomes easier. It becomes kind of addictive. You're like, damn, okay, I'm really enjoying this. I'm really liking where this is going, you know? So the thing the thing with that is that we, as long as we see it as a chore and a punishment, we're never gonna get anywhere. It's really sad, but it's true. All right, number 13, we'll officially be halfway after this. Number 13, biologically, we are not built for this life. We are not built for this life. So we should get outside as much as possible, right? There's a reason that we feel so good after going for a walk or spending the day outside, being active, like hanging out with people, going to the beach. Like there's a reason that we're on such a high when we do those things. And it's because that's what we're supposed to be doing, okay? We're not built for this life. We're not built to sit inside at a desk all day, okay? And like a lot of this is unavoidable because we all need jobs. Like we have to work, we have to make money. But outside of that, we should be doing what we can, right? We should be looking at the sun first thing in the morning, okay? We should be getting outside. We should be going for a walk. We should be enjoying the breeze and the fresh air. And it sounds so cliche, but it's just so true. I just don't think that people get outside as much as they should. And I think that you would be so, so pleasantly surprised just to see like how much of a difference it truly does make when you do get outside and when you do like live the way that you are supposed to live, like we're meant to eat fruits and vegetables and we're meant to run around and play around and run outside and go for walks and do all these things. That's what we're supposed to do. All right. So I just think that you would feel so much better if you just adapted some of that and I have this conversation a lot with people and like on a biological level, women, we exist to like reproduce, right? So our body knows what it's doing. If we can, if we can support that, there's obviously so many issues in terms of fertility and I'm not, I'm, we're not, we're not having that conversation. Like obviously that goes without saying, but there's so many things that we could be doing in order to support our bodies. Okay. Like that's just, It's so true. And when, when we think of like dieting excessively, like, of course our body's not going to want to do that. Like, what do you mean? Our body's number one goal is survival. And number two, as women to reproduce. So if we're feeling stressed, if we're not eating enough calories, if we're burning ourselves out, the first two things that are going to go are that one, the survival part. So your body's going to really start screaming at you to eat and to lay down and to stop moving. Second thing, if you're trying to have a baby, it won't happen. It won't happen because your body's under so much stress. And the only thing that could possibly make that worse is to then add the extra stress and the extra, you know, uh, like energy into growing a human. It's not going to want to do that. So we just, we need to treat our bodies better and we need to look at it out of a, you know, a biological lens sometimes. Okay. So number 14, when it comes to coaching, I have learned that coaches will apply what worked for them. their clients. Okay. So if you're somebody who has never trained before, or you have no idea about macros, if you hire someone who's, you know, a three times world champion bodybuilder to be your coach, your plan is probably going to be quite similar to what they do. And it might feel impossible for you. This is something that I learned this year, right? So I was kind of like, I was wondering about it and I was thinking about it. And it kind of came to mind when I had this girl who's now a client of mine, she messaged me quite a few months ago. I think this is back in February maybe. And she was like, hey, I'm just, I was just looking for your opinion on something. She already had a coach. Um, She was already working with somebody, but she was like, I just, I just really want your opinion on my program. Like, is that okay? And I was like, of course it is. And she sent it through to me and I was just like, what the fuck, you know? There's nothing really wrong with the program or the protocol that this girl was doing. Like as a whole, but it was wrong for her, and let me tell you why. So basically, this coach is uh, she's uh, like a world champion, or I don't know. She competes on like a on like a, a worldwide level, right? She's she's incredible in her respective field and in her federation. Um, but the as as you might know, if you don't competing requires a lot of commitment, a lot of hard work. It's something that I have never done. It's something that I don't think I would be able to do because I just, I don't have the passion for it, I guess. Uh, Harley has done it and I have been with him for two comp reps that he has done and it requires so much work I can't even explain. So posing and Training and tracking everything to the gram every single day, you can never, ever, ever go off track, right? It's just, it's non negotiable. You have to be 100% on the ball. There would be days where Harley would be in the gym for four hours, and that was not unheard of. Like, that was actually quite common because he would have to do cardio and then he'd have to do his training and then he'd have to do his posing as well and have to take like photos for his coach. And the thing with that is that you also have to do this when you're really, really, really hungry like super hungry. You're in such an aggressive deficit. You have been for months and months and, you know, it's not, it's not a natural thing. So the plan that this girl had had, keeping in mind that she Had never really been to the gym before starting this program. Like she had a membership. She kind of went a couple of times and walked on the treadmill, but she'd never done like a program or, you know, she'd never really dabbled in using the equipment. And she signed up with this person because she's like, she's really well known. And she's got like this really well known coaching program. And her protocol was straight off the bat, 10,000 steps a day training five times a week, doing three lots of cardio a week on the Stairmaster, uh, tracking calories straight off the bat, like just straight into all of that. She was feeling quite overwhelmed. When I looked at her plan, I was kind of like, look, there's nothing wrong with this, but the issue is the fact that it's so new to you and you didn't have any, like, there was no building up to it. You were just straight into it. Someone who does two to three thousand steps a day because she works an office job Uh, she actually has two jobs well she did at this time had two jobs so was always working couldn't really find the time to go to the gym so when she went she was like rushing through it had to do the cardio tracking food every day after never doing that before so here lies the problem when she brought this up with her coach her coach was kind of like well that's what's required. You either do it or you don't. Like that's how we make progress. Like it works. It's proven to work. It works for all of my clients. It works for me. That's what we do. And I mean, there's no denying that. That's true. It will work. But the the thing is actually doing it and knowing your clients and knowing their behaviors and teaching them as well. Like she probably didn't even know what macros were and she was like thrown straight into tracking them right so we ended up talking quite a bit i ended up you know going through what i think would be would be best for her and i mean well <laughs> she's a client of mine now so that that's all i can say on that matter but you need to like be really careful with the people that you are hiring if you are somebody who wants to go to the gym five times a week, you're someone that wants to do cardio, you're, want, you're someone who wants to track all of their food every day. If you want to compete eventually, then I would absolutely recommend hiring somebody as a coach who is a competitor because you'll learn a lot from them. If you are somebody who is just wanting to uh, learn better habits or improve your mindset or do that sort of thing, then you need to hire a coach who, who has those same values as you. That is so important. Don't hire someone because you want to look like them right? First and foremost, don't hire someone because you want to look like them. One, because you never will look like them because they're completely different to you. But also just the things that are required to get there, you might not be ready for. You might think that you are, you might hope that you are, you might convince yourself that if you're just discipline and if you just like, if you just do it, if you just show up, then you too can have those same results. But at the end of the day, your quality of life is also very important. And it's also important to keep in mind what you're capable of doing as well. Like if this person works from home and has a gym in their house just like I do, I have I have the time to be able to do all of that. But if you're working two jobs and you know, like you only have 45 minutes for the gym, you're not gonna be able to do a 20 minute stairmaster cardio session plus a full leg workout okay it's just not going to happen we need to be realistic so make sure that when you are hiring a coach that you're hiring someone who has the same values as you and who is like doing the things that you want to do as well all right that's really important okay Number 15, if you go into a program wanting only weight loss, you'll start despising the things that you're doing in order to get there. This kind of ties in with the thinking that training and eating is a chore, but, or sorry, exercising and dieting is a chore or eating well is a chore, but it's a little bit different. So if you start a program and I've seen this a million times where the only goal is losing weight, Right what happens is you start off really, really motivated and you might drop two or three kilos in the first two weeks. That's normal. That's super normal because once you start controlling your food and once you start moving a bit more, you have that big surge of of weight loss. That happens in the first couple of weeks. Sometimes it's like the water retention disappears because you're eating less carbs. Like that's normally what it is, right? But inevitably what is going to happen is that progress is going to stall and it's going to start to slow down. And that's super normal. So if you get six weeks in and you've only lost two or three kilos, but you think you should have lost more, you're going to start getting very angry at the things that you're doing. So you're going to start resenting going to the gym because you're like, well, what's the fucking point? It's not working anyway. It's not, it's not working as fast as I want it to. Therefore I hate it. You're going to start to despise the meal prep that you're eating or the foods that you're eating. Cause you're like, what's the point in eating healthy? If, if I'm not losing weight, what's the point? This is, this is the whole thing, right? So you need to have other goals that aren't just weight loss. Otherwise you are very sadly going to be super disappointed. You're going to end up hating what you're doing. The, the the other thing is that like, I think I talk about this later. I think this is one of my later points, but whatever, I'm going to bring it up now anyway, is your expectations are also going to derail you super fast. If you go in expecting to lose 10 kilos in 10 weeks, It might happen, but if it doesn't, likely you just need a bit more time. Likely you might need an extra five weeks or an extra 10 weeks and that's okay. That's so okay. All right. Good things take time, especially if you want to actually keep that 10 kilos off long term. But if you let that derail you and you stop doing all of the things that are required of you to get there in the first place, then you're never going to get there. So you either get there in 20 weeks or you don't get there at all. That's the thing, right? So we need to really manage our expectations when it comes to weight loss and we need to be doing it for other reasons. You need to be eating healthy because it makes you feel good. You need to be going to the gym because it builds your confidence. You need to be going to the gym because you want to build muscle and you want to get strong, right? Like you need to have other reasons and other whys, you know how people say, find your why your why needs to be more than weight loss. Otherwise you're going to start resenting the things that you're doing. And that's not good or helpful for anybody. Okay. All right. Number 16 is alcohol sucks. (laughs) This is something that I realized a while ago. If you know me, you know, you know, that I'm not a big drinker. Um, I'm definitely not sober by any means like you know that I used to drink all the time especially when I was in high school right I always had parties at my house like the party was always at my house always I could do whatever I wanted I could have people over that's just what I do I drink pretty much every single day and I always hated going out I hated going out ever since my 18th birthday when I went out to a club for the first time I hated it but I'd still do it I go out anyway. Why not? Right? Like I just, I hated it, but I still went. It was also the time in my life where I had so many chronic mental health issues. Coincidence? Maybe. I don't know. I don't label myself as someone who doesn't drink because that's not true. I had an espresso martini a couple of weeks ago for my birthday. Right? But I could probably count on one hand the number of alcoholic drinks I've had all year. Right? I just, it's something that I don't like the feeling of being drunk for one. I, I hate it. I hate wasting a day the next day feeling like shit. Um, I hate feeling like shit because I have eaten food that doesn't agree with me or that doesn't make me feel good. And that always happens when we drink. There's always cheese platters or snacks or a kebab on the way home or McDonald's on the way home, you know, like it always goes hand in hand. And then the hangover food the next day, the KFC or the hash browns from McDonald's like, it, it always goes hand in hand and it's just, it's not good for our goals. Uh, we should know that by now. Like that, there's so, there's so many calories in alcohol, of course, but also it's a toxin. It's something that your body desperately wants to get rid of. So while it's trying to get rid of that, it's going to shut down all non-essential processes in order to get rid of it. So things like weight loss, things like recovering from the gym session you did, things like muscle growth, like that stuff is going to be really, really hard. It's probably not going to happen if you're drinking all the time or if you're drinking frequently. So I ask my clients every single week, how many alcoholic drinks they had that week, every single week. And if we start to see not a lot of progress, and I'm seeing that they're, they're drinking 10 plus drinks a week, that's the first thing I'm addressing. Okay. It's really, really important to know. I'm not saying that you should never drink ever. Like I said, I I do drink sometimes. Um, I'll normally just have like a cocktail or something out at dinner. Like I won't ever come home and have a glass of wine. Like that's not something that I ever do. Uh, I just, I very rarely drink. Like if Harley's having people over to watch the footy, like I'll normally just have like soda water with some lemon or something like that. I very rarely have an alcoholic drink, but some people do. And I totally get that. Um, Again, like it comes down to the culture and like, how social you are and what your friends are doing. Like I understand that it's not something that everyone wants to eliminate, but I do think it's something that we should reduce or we should try to reduce. Anyway, you're going to, you're going to get to your goals so much faster if you are trying to reduce your alcohol intake. Okay. So that is, what are we up to? 16. So we managed to get through six in this episode. So just for a little bit of a recap, um six or seven how many did we get through no we got through six didn't we surely so first one is the feeling of not doing enough often stems from not doing enough that was number seven number eight social media is a highlight reel number nine we have access to so much more information now than ever before we should take advantage of it number 10 no one program or challenge is going to undo years worth of bad habits Number 11, people are so willing to spend their money on things that will feed their insecurities, but not on something that will obliterate their insecurities. Number 12, the reason a lot of people go nowhere with their health and fitness is because they think eating healthy and working out is a punishment. Number 13, biologically, we ain't built for this life. Number 14, when it comes to coaching, coaches will always apply the same protocol that works for them. And number 15, if you go into a program wanting only weight loss, you'll start despising the things that you're doing in order to get there. Number 16, alcohol sucks. All right. So that's part two of this three-part episode. The next one, we will be able to go through the last 10, I believe we have remaining. Thanks for tuning into this. Send me a message on Instagram. Let me know which one resonated with you the most. And I will chat to you guys next week on part three. Congratulations on making it to the end of another coach by L podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be so appreciative of you pressing subscribe and leaving a review. If you still have questions after listening, please DM me over on Instagram at underscore coached by L. And of course, if you're interested in working together, fill out the obligation free application form linked in the show notes below. I'll chat to you guys next week.